in Cornwall, are you guys now then? So we are in a little village called Kihelland, and it's sort of like sandwiched between Camborne and Gadriby, sort of about okay. a few minutes from Gadriby, Gwydion. So it's pretty gorgeous, sort of like in the middle of nowhere, and there's not really any shops nearby, bit of a drive, but it's all worth it because it's beautiful. So, <laughs> yeah, but we're, I don't know if you, oh, you have the job but obviously we're moving um so we're moving at well at next week on Wednesday so really we've got everything in boxes basically oh, wow I didn't realize it was that soon oh my god that's so exciting yeah yeah it's all happened so quickly because um the job sort of starts in April and I, I wanted to sort of go home to my home in Dorset for like a, a month or so spend some quality time at home because I just haven't you know what it's like haven't seen my family in ages so yeah. I got a negative COVID test yesterday and then so I'm good to go home and stuff like that so yeah <laughs> oh man that'll be so nice I think that's definitely one thing we're all missing like during lockdown and COVID is just that interaction between like family and friends yeah. or just anyone really so that's going to be super lush once you're back in Dorset yeah. so are you pretty excited to be like moving to an island <laughs> oh my gosh yeah it's um you know it's so funny because I don't know if you what follow the series but I was watching that Ben Vogel's Lives in the Wild a few weeks ago and they had an episode of a man on Rathlin and they oh. classed that as they classed that as like wild enough to be on the program because apparently only like 80 people sort of either live there sometimes of the year or apparently only like 40 people live there all year round it's really, really sort of just basically wildlife and a few people. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. So tell me, tell me about the role then. Tell me about what's what what do you what are you gonna be doing on there and stuff? Oh, so I'm gonna basically it's the visitor experience officer. So I'm going to be there'll be lots of different school groups and um, people on school trips or just general like tourists that come for the main sort of spectacles, which are the puffins that arrive, the guillemots that nest, and then um, there's all the chicks that, especially the guillemots that like to almost take like a leap of faith off a cliff. Uh. And people come to sort of watch all this unfold. And um, I've never actually been able to sort of be there because they're very specific days when lots of big moments happen. But I'll basically be sort of taking people on tours and talks and, I'm being able to sort of come up with activities in, mm. in ways people can get really sort of excited about nature. So there's a lot of planning and a lot of like responding to people and and um, sort of liaising with a lot of other people on the team which aren't necessarily involved in like that side of the stuff. But it's, it's quite a lot. Of the, I mean, in the application, there were so many different roles and responsibilities. I'm sure I'm going to be doing all sorts, but it's mainly just making sure that people who come come back again <laughs> sort of thing yeah well, I, I, I definitely believe that you'll be the right person for that role for sure I think <laughs> I think that's right yeah. up your street like you're such an engaging and really kind of warm person and people like respond Aww. so well to you and they just I can I can see them having an amazing time and and, and definitely if there's lots of like different creative things that you can come up with it mm. sounds like they're completely you know their ears are open to hear what you've got and I think they'll be happy to like have you implement all these different ideas yeah yeah no that's what I'm so excited for actually I've never sort of been in a role where I've been given like a responsibility to sort of 
come up with those things myself in, in the seal sanctuary a little bit but there's always somebody else that has to be like sort of see it through but I can just be like right we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and I'm, I'm just I'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> I always imagine it like you're gonna be like the uh I don't know like the, the not the Captain Hook of Neverland but you know what I mean it's like welcome to, welcome to my island welcome to this like dream world <laughs> I know, actually <laughs> Craig was sort of saying that as well like he'll probably come visit me and I'll, I'll look like half homeless and half like <laughs> some days <laughs> you're gonna be kind of like a cross between Bear Grylls and Tom Hanks from Castaway yeah I hope so hopefully it don't get too too wild though like don't want to come home like burnt face and <laughs> <laughs> like like Mowgli or something like you, you start bonding more with like the animals on the island than actually like the people in the visitor center <laughs> stop living yeah, in a badger's hole or something <laughs> do you know yeah i can see that happening or just sleeping on the beach with the seals or something <laughs> maybe you'll progressively get you know you started off in a city and then cornwall yeah. and then island and then maybe your islands will just get smaller more remote and remote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honestly that doesn't sound too bad <laughs> so that's what i'm really interested in about um you actually because you've always got your fingers in pie somewhere in terms of you know <laughs> Whether it's like, you know, creating those educational bits that I saw you do for COVID last year, which was like amazing. And I saw them reach out to so many people mm -hmm. and they were, I think they're really positive for people during that first lockdown and for, for parents, especially. Um, and obviously you can explain more about them, but I've just been really interested in your journey um, and how that journey started. And obviously leading you to, you know, your, where you are now with this kind of dream job on the island coming up. So yeah. Uh, so how so how are you now then? Because you're you're still like you know at the start of your career really, aren't you? Yeah, I'm. I haven't really gone down the traditional route um, that people sort of go down, which is one thing that I was gonna I was gonna sort of touch on because it's definitely something that made me feel like I couldn't do this sort of job because it's that whole um, what do you call it imposter syndrome. I basically sort of long story short. I haven't had the most normal sort of like home life the whole time. Um, I had a lot of like family ill health and stuff like that around the sort of time where school, you know, it's drilled and shit, it's really important. Like you're going to uni to get the best grades possible. Around that time, um, I had basically sisters that became chronically ill, um, bad family relationships. And um, I, I sort of had basically the, the year of my GCSEs, I um, was pretty depressed. I would I would see my sisters and my family in, in a really bad way. And the only person gluing it together was my mum. And um, so I almost became like a bit of a second mum and a lot of my focus was on that. And then um, sort of as a distract, and also the, at this point, I didn't know I had ADHD, which is something that, so I'd gone through my whole school life thinking, I'm just so loud and so hyper and I can't sit still and there's something wrong with me because I like I was so conscientious but I would always get told off because mm. of the way I am and like that would really upset me so um basically I was just like you know what um sort of like ethics I know school hasn't gone exactly how I wanted but I'm going to use what I have got and try and get involved in as many like programs as possible, um, as much volunteering as possible. So as soon as I, I came out of school, um, SAS, Surface Against Sewage, who I had actually um, 
been going to beach cleans as a volunteer for quite a few years since I was a young girl um I sort of asked my local rep how I could do what he does um so when I was 16 the representative and um basically instantly just started doing all these beach cleans I was like trying to use all my energy as a sort of advantage <laughs> I guess um <laughs> Uh, I got into another really incredible voluntary program called The Wave Project, which I met so many amazing friends who were also involved in things like conservation and the outdoor community, um, which was really helpful. And meeting other like-minded people as well, who didn't necessarily go down the traditional route, also lifted me in thinking, you know, this is all possible. Um, around that sort of time, when I was um, actually in a water sports college, um, I... I did get an ADHD diagnosis. Um, so not only did my teachers there actually sort of think, oh, maybe she's got this, but my I, I sort of looked into it myself. And then um, when I when I was 16, actually, I think I got the, the ages wrong so long ago. <laughs> but when I was 16, I think I left college um, or 17. That I can't, really can't remember. <laughs> it's all a big blur. Um, but yeah, no, I left college with instructor qualifications. So originally my first job for about three summers was um, I was basically an instructor in my local, my local sort of water sports academies and uh, mm. shops and things like that. And that, I guess I really found, well, I already had quite a lot of confidence, not in a, not in a sort of uh, like a sort of weird, like self sort of righteous way, but I was just all very always, I don't know why, but I just don't really, uh, get too sort of worried about things or too nervous so yeah. I would just sort of be out there and so water sports instructing was very easy in that sort of sense um, and that I loved that I loved being in the sea every day it was amazing and I think also just from being in the sea every day it, it had a, I had a new amazing appreciation even more because I'd, I'd grown up by the sea my whole life I always knew I wanted to protect it and uh, having very environmentally conscious parents um like really environmentally conscious <laughs> I was sort of naturally very drawn to being that sort of way but yeah being in the sea every day I thought you know I love this job but it's that whole purpose thing I love my job because I love being in the sea mm -hmm. and I'm paddling around and taking on paddleboarding and kayaking and windsurfing and I'm picking up plastic along the way um, I'm not directly, you know, or if I see marine life that's got entangled, I'm not actually helping them and I want to do something that helps them. So, um, by the way, please tell me if I'm rambling too much and if you no, want to. No, no, <laughs> no, I'm completely, I'm completely engrossed in your story for sure. That's why that's, I'm here to hear the stories. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Sorry, it was like, I was like, long story short, but it's ended up being really long. No, 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 I want the long story that, like, this, that, yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah, I'm here for the long story. Don't worry about it. Cool. So, yeah, basically the summer after that, I went and I uh, volunteered for a whale and dolphin conservation charity. I was over the moon that I had um, got given that opportunity. And this this really, oh, this was, ama this was an amazing sort of moment. I was like, this is, this is what I need to do for the rest of my life. Um, you know, being out on the boat every day and... Uh, seeing my first proper whales and dolphins I was like you know and these are animals that had actually any 
in my sort of rough years when when uh, you know family problems I would <laughs> I would actually always secretly no one really knew about this but I would just watch especially humpback whale videos or blue planet because there was something about whales and dolphins that just like helped me cheer up <laughs> so and um, actually seeing actually seeing the animals in real life that I'd almost use as my like antidepressant um was really amazing and seeing the breach and and then also directly helping them so going on community beach cleans getting the local community who live there to um sort of watch out for their wildlife on their doorstep there was an aqua park who would take the wildlife from the sea there and actually a bit like sea world use it in their parks and we would do campaigning against that um against noise pollution against fishing vessels and we i really felt like i was making a difference and we do dorsal fin id so many different things so i was there for a few months and then i um i came home and i was just like this needs I, this doesn't need to stop here um like how can i take this further so in that winter i did a few as i realized you know there are a lot of competition in the marine conservation sector uh, just you know because a lot of people want to help you know a lot of people want to do the best for the ocean for, for the wildlife so I, I decided that I wanted to get really knowledgeable about um as much as I could about the processes of nature even more than I already knew because I was already obviously really interested in all of this but I wanted to have a really scientific background so I got involved in a few sort of lab projects. Um, I got involved in some open university degree level modules. And all of this really, not only I've really enjoyed, but um, really, I think, probably helps. Um, mm -hmm. And then after that, basically, for the past four years, I've been doing, um, I've been doing tour guiding uh, on boats in Cornwall. And then after that, that for the past year I've been at the Cornish Seal Sanctuary doing the same thing but almost like within four walls sort of taking people around the sanctuary telling them about marine conservation how they can help a bit about the seals um, and sort of really running the on-site sort of day-to-day -day, um, sort of feeling down there which I think is what the job I'm about to go to really likes because that's what basically the role is is sort of you know, having someone who has got lots of experience in that. And I guess I'm at the age now where people would just be finishing their degrees and about to get lots of work experience. And I feel like the past six years I've been doing work experience. So in a way that has almost made me more sort of employable <laughs> um, than, than actually sort of like all those years I wouldn't have been able to do that. Um, and because I'm now in such a great place where I'm so passionate and I'm, you know, I'm not in a place where when I was younger, where I didn't want to go to uni and mental health wasn't too great. Mm -hmm. Now I know if I was to go to uni, exactly what I would study. And I'm still keeping my option open in a few years. Um, and I wouldn't just be going because it would be helping my career, but because I would really, really want to go and learn. And it's mm -hmm. that fire to learn. So I think, you know, one thing I just would say to any young person, which I know is one of your questions, but it would just be that, honestly, if you have a passion and you're passionate enough, everything works out because, um, you know, if even if you 
everyone has different life everyone has different circumstances um, and things can happen at really bad times like it did to me but it does not mean that you know it's everything's written off you have a whole lifetime and you can do so much in it um, and if you are passionate enough people do see it people can actually uh, I mean my my interview for this job was over a zoom call but I think in their feedback they said that they were like you were exploding through the screen like how much you love the animals <laughs> so um which was great to hear but yeah it, you honestly like there's so many ways to get involved and um you know people do degrees at different times if you're a young person and you've got maybe not the best circumstance now or you feel like you need a few more years mm-hmm. then or you want to do it when you're older you know possibility there's I guess that's the main thing I'm actually quite passionate about is that everyone is different circumstances and like me you can do different ways so yeah that's sort of where I am now <laughs> long story but hopefully <laughs> <it was> okay. <laughs> I think it's amazing because I think that some of the fears that young people have and especially I had that fear too of not because I didn't start working uh with turtles until after university or getting into that kind of life yeah. and it was a big worry upon my shoulders and I know it is for so many people other people out there who who sometimes think that oh uh, you know definitely uh, uni is just not a place that, that you know I'm going to be able to thrive in or um I don't think I'm good enough for uni or or, or I don't know whatever their feeling is they do think that to be able to get into kind of like the conservation world or to be able to work with animals that you do have to go down this kind of university route um and I think that you know from your story and from mine and from lots of other people's I think that actually knowing that if you want something like the opportunities to be able to go through like the volunteering route and then to work your way yeah. up into the field that way is completely open to you and it's completely oh. there for you to like really just t- take charge and and I think because most of the the volunteering organizations like they're mostly charities or NGOs like they treat you so well and they want to hear your yeah. ideas and they want to especially if you're passionate about the people you're working for they all bend over backwards to help you out in any way definitely I 100% agree with that and there were so many charities that honestly like they, they treat you so well but anyone that takes their time to sort of you know help out in a cause it's um it's a really nice feel and sort of community feel when you're with other people that care as well and it's I feel like it's a very like kind atmosphere a lot of the time there were so many, I mean, there were so many charities I didn't even mention or, or volunteering projects. So, I mean, there's some other things like uh, community-led programmes, like there's an amazing uh, sort of little volunteer action group called Bournemouth Young Volunteers, where I grew up. And um, basically, I, I've, I've sort of planned and organised art, marine-focused art workshops there. Mm. There's all the marine life rescue stuff that I do now, which I think... A lot of people also say if you you know if you want to work with animals in sort of a more hands-on way you know become a vet it's all very black and white when you're younger um when actually I I about three years ago got my medic license to I did a bit of training uh not that expensive though you know like anyone can do it and then just gradually especially in Cornwall it's been amazing I've been given the opportunity to sort of progress and work up to advanced medic and things like that but you then um, have all these opportunities from volunteering <laughs> that um, now help, help me in work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, 
volunteering is such a great route. And also things like Cornwall Wildlife Trust, volunteering for the RSPB, um, volunteering with all sorts of surveying programmes, so the Cornwall Seal Research Trust, all these things. And even now with like a job that I'm really happy with, I still volunteer with about five charities on a regular basis because I just love it. Um, you know, you're never too old and, and or too clever or too this or that. You just, volunteering is a great, really great feeling. And I think I'll probably always be a lifelong one. So um, yeah, I, I think what you basically just said, it's such a good route uh, into getting into the things that you want to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, so if someone ever says, oh, what about volunteering? Like, don't don't write it off it's there's so many different ways and you know you meet also you meet in people volunteering I've like so many of my best friends I've volunteered with <laughs> yeah definitely that's the thing isn't it you're meeting these people who um share the same passions as you and they just um yeah you can you just you just click with them mm-hmm. like the people that you volunteer with then become your family essentially and so if I was Mm. say for example if I'm you know if I'm a young person thinking about you know maybe watching this and thinking okay I'd like to get into volunteering what would my first point of call be like how would I how would I research or what would I do yeah of course so I guess um when it comes to marine conservation it really depends what sort of because it's very broad like it depends what sort of thing you're into if you're into you know helping with plastic pollution crisis you could probably get involved in lots of charities that are really hitting hard on that like surface against sewage like mcs there's all sorts of different opportunities there or it could be um to do with climate change so you've got greenpeace you've got rsp that are doing a lot of that sort of stuff going i mean the internet is like your best friend with these sorts of things um going on and really sort of getting immersed the the way I sort of got involved in my tour guiding jobs a lot of my volunteering opportunities is you just have to pick up the phone and and you you know they have no idea who you are but you're just like look I'm really into this can you give me an opportunity to come help out even if it's for a day see how I am you know it's it's those sorts of um moments of sort of taking the plunge and doing that sort of stuff that um sort of almost going out your way to look it up on the internet um you know social media as well these days so many great uh, paths that you can you can go down um, there's lots of opportunities posted on there and um yeah just also looking around at your local area because I mean I was quite lucky where I've grown up there were lots of amazing projects I was always inspired by so there was the a seagrass project trying to help seahorses get back um because the population was wiped out from lots of anchors pulling up the beds and things like that so um yeah just being surrounded by all that makes you makes you just call up you know dorset wildlife trust like hey can i help out or there's all sorts of um opportunities and ways of doing things but i guess these days the internet is your best friend <laughs> yeah I, th- I i think that's really i think it's good you're talking about like picking up the phone and actually like having a conversation with someone because i feel that these days you know we're so used to having smartphones and the way that most people communicate is via like whatsapp or you know dm or messenger mm. you know it's all very much kind of texty texty so 
I think that's quite yeah. a good to actually get get yourself on the phone to someone just because you know if you you can actually show them you know through like the sounds of your voice or you know yeah. whatever conversation you're talking about that you're actually passionate and you really want to help out in any way I think that's a really really good um mm. advice to, to to give to people for sure yeah definitely 100% like they can hear how excited you are so they're not going to say no <laughs> 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 yeah you just say you will not say no I think one one thing you really have to sort of if you want to be in that sort of presenting type territory in the conservation I, I call it conservation education because mm -hmm. I guess that's sort of like one of the biggest hurdles is getting entire human race to care because if everyone did you know something in their day that helps the impact that would have on the whole world would be insane so getting every everybody to be as passionate as an ex and um, yeah, really almost being able to be a bit of a storyteller, getting people to connect with, you know, just I think that's one of the things as well that you, you don't learn necessarily at university is how to you could, you know, say loads of facts to someone a bit like in a lecture. But if you're talking to like you're a brick wall and it's all monotone, nobody's going to, you know, sink in. But if you take someone on a bit of a journey and a bit of a story, and you you know you you make a sea snail super fascinating because that you know that is so possible um or you know seaweed it's all about it's all about portraying it's all about you know the story and the storytelling that definitely i think also people people sort of lose when when they're children and they grow into adults it's all like you know you need to not be this and not to be that but keeping that like you know excited um and really fascinated sort of childlike energy i think it's really important because it makes people listen to you <laughs> yeah definitely i think like one thing i've always tried to be in life and encourage people to always keep is just curiosity like keep being yeah. curious. like never stop being curious like be curious like why is that here like what what more can i learn about this or okay why are these two things on different sides of the head or you know whatever it is like all, always be curious and then try to yeah try to find out the backstory but I think you're I think you're completely right in terms of like uh storytelling um so do you have any tips or advice for people if they want to kind of go into that that kind of that education side of things yeah um I guess the main thing the main driver is the actual passion and having that obviously like background knowledge for the wildlife at hand or the subject at hand because originally it was instructing water sports but um using that sort of I guess you know when I was at school and we would do presentations and things I remember one person saying to me once you know don't worry everyone in the room wants you to do well um you know when you're watching someone else you're you're you can be nervous but that's because you want them to do well you're never ever like oh I really hope they mess up um and that's one thing that I remember someone saying to me. And since then, I was just like, yeah, of course. Like, do you know what? Why would I be, why would I be worried about, about that? You know, everyone wants to get a good experience. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you sort of get that worry about people watching you out of your head, you can then use your knowledge. Because if you're interested in this sort of stuff, you probably have a really good knowledge and you have a really you have an amazing fascination and excitement for the subject at hand. So you removing that worry 
and just letting loose um, and, you know, asking other people questions, mm -hmm. keeping it conversational and really sort of organic is something that I would say to work on, even if, you know, I, I would sit at home sometimes before interviews for tour guiding roles where I would actually, in the interview, over camera, try and talk to you about a dolphin or a puffin or, you know, something. Um, and I would sit and practice facing my cats and just sort of like pretend that I, that's the interviewer um, or pretend that they are the species. You know, it's, it's about sort of finding those ways of, um, of, you know, gaining confidence. And even if it's just telling your family, can you guys sit down? I, the amount of times I've got my family to sit and watch me while I've been doing things. <laughs> so, and also getting into those education roles, even if you're necessarily into presenting, um, sort of getting in, well, Circus Against Sewage was really helpful with this. I got into doing a lot of schoolwork with the Ocean School project, which mm -hmm. was amazing. Um, and then as soon as you obviously have that on your CV and you have lots of being in, in the classroom experience, then you can, you can have other experience with younger children, um, maybe school groups coming in to like the seal sanctuary and then you're in charge of the, how their day goes. It really sort of develops. Everything just like gets built up over time. But um, or I mean, even just creating educational resources. So that's something that a lot of people might be looking out for. Um, I know that definitely one of the things that I'll be doing in my new role is creating really engaging content for online. If you know, especially if lockdown still carries on. So um, you, there's all sorts of skills that you might already have that you could use in a really educational way, which um, I think sort of harnessing that, you know, whether if it's your creativity mm -hmm. and your art or your IT skills or your talking skills, <laughs> you know, there's so many things that you can harness and use for good, basically. Yeah, I think I think definitely now as as well, like you're talking about content. I mean, we've got things like YouTube, which mm. I think, you know, lots of children nowadays definitely want to be kind of YouTube creators. And you've got TikTok for shorter videos and you've got all these available like online tools for you to really showcase your creativity. Mm. And I think yeah, uh, so funny you said about the um, um, doing the presenting to your cats, because I remember when I was a kid, I used to go because I live well come from a village next to Salisbury and then I remember I used to go out into the field where the sheep were and I used to uh, practice being a news reporter because I, I studied journalism in the end but I remember I used to go in the oh, field no. and the sheep would be like hey my name's uh, Harry Kerr <laughs> reporting live from a field <laughs> but animals are good because you know they they always focus on what you have to say and they never yeah. judge <laughs> I wish I in there to see that that sounds incredible <laughs> just like with a stick like and what yeah, do you think exactly. <laughs> oh that's wicked yeah. and yeah talking about you said creating those resources so um during the first covid lockdown you decided to to create some was it was it you that decided to create some marine education videos and then surfs against yeah. which picked them up and then started using them or was it the other way around or which was it that you created? Yeah, so basically, I, uh, at the beginning of the first lockdown, when um, I was put on furlough and everything, I was like, I need to keep talking. <laughs> I 
and like you know and and sort of especially but not just about the things I love really and um and you know though I I sort of thought there were all these young impressionable minds um ready to learn at home doing probably and you know some people don't really get the opportunity to have parents to properly sit down and or who might not know about this sort of stuff so I thought you know let's let's do this let's create a sort of stream of I originally it was three weeks and it turned into four months of live lessons and um every week it would be something different either so like mammals um weird and wonderful seabirds all sorts um and you wouldn't think that you could come up with three four months worth of different subjects each week but it turns out you can um the ocean is huge and you can have all sorts of different things and also I would love it people come in with recommendations and um but basically I think Surface Against Sewage picked up on this they shared it on their social media at the time I don't think they used the um the videos but they were promoting them saying you know this is a really good way of getting the children to learn and then I think about half half a year later in the second lockdown I think they started doing some of their own sort of live videos and stuff which was I watched them they were really good um but yeah no that was sort of how it started and it even in the end was on the um ITV news which was pretty cool um yeah I did not expect that some random um it was actually some random work at home mum blog sort of contacted them on my behalf saying "I, I need to I've got a little news article about what to do with your children at home. Um, and she basically explained that hundreds of, of parents and children, uh, I think in the end it was about 2,000, wow. <laughs> uh, were watching. I know it was pretty blew up quite a lot. Um, we're watching the videos. It was put on ITV News alongside some other really amazing uh, projects on getting children to learn at home. So that was really, I was just like, wow, I can't believe that's happened. <laughs> but yeah, just using that sort of initiative to like, you know, or like that passion really to just do what, what you love. Um, and then you, you could you could accidentally end up on the news somehow. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, initiative is, is definitely the word there, isn't it? I think, um, although obviously, you know, um, COVID has been, you know, such a, a terrible kind of pandemic it's really allowed people to reflect I think on what they most feel passionate about and I think there's a record number of um, new businesses started in 2020 where obviously people had decided you know what I'm really into this now I've got Mm -hmm. kind of an online platform where I'm able to use it and also at the moment because everyone's at home there's kind of an online audience there for me for them as well so people decided to start really like putting their their passions into practice and I think obviously I mean did you speak about that in your interview with your with the RSPB um I think I might have touched on it yeah because uh that was quite a recent thing so probably one of the questions it okay do you know I'm really bad after interviews because in the moment I'm so like adrenaline and I actually find it hard to remember what I said (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I yeah. planned it all out and that definitely was in the plan whether it actually got in there was another <laughs> yeah another thing that's that's what I do I'm kind of I mean I'm kind of like it with everything when it was uh having to write essays and stuff I always said it's kind of like a tree 
So you have a tree that has like a trunk and you kind of just, you're kind of meant to write, write an essay like a palm tree and stay to the point. Whereas I'm like, start on the trunk and then <laughs> just branches out and then just talks about all these like other things and then have to kind of like rein it back in, especially when I'm in an interview. And then it's that's such a good analogy of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not that's exactly what I'm like. And then it's when the interview is stopped and you thought, oh, I should have said this. I could have said that. Oh, I forgot to say this. Oh, no, I didn't say that. And then I think luckily you're very similar. You know, you, you, you're very charismatic and you're like I said before, you're very warm. So I think you kind of you um, allow other people to, to warm up to you quite quickly, too. And I think that's that's a really, really good skill to have. Oh, thank you. That's really that's nice right. to know because um, I always that I almost like ramble too much and it's just like <laughs> have an inner voice saying rein it in like <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's me too as well. Oh well, okay. So um I was just gonna say, like, I mean, you've given such some really, really good advice into, you know, how people can, you know, not um I guess go down the formal route of education and I really believe that actually in some respects I think that going to university at 18 years old I mean for me I went because I was escaping where I, I grew up more than anything it wasn't because of an yeah. interest um, and I think actually it's so right that maybe you should go and do some volunteering or you should go and kind of take a look at actually what you're interested in and what you're passionate about before really going into down the university route like you know giving that giving it a few kind of grace periods like a couple of years before you go you know what I'm going to go to university I'm going to work hard and I'm going to work hard because I really want to end up in that yeah. if you know if you decide to go down that route um yeah and there's always the option of online study which is what I did in the end as well so and and that's amazing you know because a lot of people go for the uni experience mm. but um and like you know and it also I, I learned the same things that people learn in a degree, but with, um, you know, <laughs> no expense. And it was almost, it was also like at my own, my, my own time and my own way. And it was really, um, I feel like I actually, everything sunk in more. It wasn't about deadlines and about this and that. It was about actually, I really want to understand this and like, and love this. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was really good. <laughs> Oh, wow. OK, so with the, the Open University and some of these lab things, were they kind of free modules then, were they? So, yeah, they do. Well, there's some that, there's some that you can pay for. And then there's some on a site called Open Learn. I would definitely recommend them. They are anything from two weeks to 10 week courses in in sometimes really specific things. So like that, I did some in marine mammals, some in ecosystems, vertebrates and vertebrates, habitats. You know. It's there's so much knowledge out there um, at, at the level that you would learn in maybe at, at uni uh, or higher that you can just access like that. So you know it's really amazing that that's at our fingertips. <laughs> wow, that's really that's really useful because yeah, you tend to think that all that information is like guarded up in these academic institutions, and I think a lot of people, you know, even like myself. You, you just don't know what is out there. I, I remember like a few years ago being in Australia and I wanted to do the same thing. And I managed to stumble on like um, some university in America's website where they would just, yeah, they had free modules for different types of marine conservation things. So I remember just like 
something like a book and then writing, like separating it, separating it into different areas that I wanted to learn and then taking the courses and then popping it into each area yeah. of learning through that way. That's amazing. See, like stuff like that. And then you're doing it because you're also like really interested. And mm -hmm. I think doing something properly, having that, obviously you always have to do the mundane things in life that you don't like doing. But if you're doing something big like that, if it's coming from a place of passion, you're going to do it really well. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, being a mature student is also a really amazing thing. You can, it can lead you to all the other opportunities. Um, and the idea of going in and learning in a few years time, if I want to, because I'm, it's coming from a place of passion really excites me. And I mean, I tell my partner, Craig, every day I wake up and I actually look at courses all the time because I'm like, that sounds really exciting. That's, that looks amazing. I'd love to learn about that. Or, you know, it's, it's sort of comes from a different place um not just 18 want to escape where yeah. you're living or or like you feel like you're pressured into something when you have no idea what you want to do yet you know also volunteering to understand what you love mm -hmm. then is also really cool but yeah so many different ways <laughs> yeah and then you just obviously you just mentioned Craig your partner too so you know that was obviously someone you met through your kind of volunteering right and in in that area as well yeah, so I met Craig uh, probably almost three years ago now at a Surfers Against Sewage training event in Scotland. <laughs> and um, we basically, that summer, I, I messaged him like, right, I'm coming to Ireland. Um, <laughs> just sort of like, I don't care what you say. <laughs> and um, yeah, sort of hit it off from there, basically. We were sort of messaging since Scotland. And then, and then, yeah, so it was really nice to sort of meet someone also these days um, organically like that because a lot of my friends use like tinder and apps and you mm. know whereas this was sort of like I, I never expected anything to be like this but it was because it was like in an accidental sort of like mutual care like we both were there because we care about the same thing yeah um I think that's that's what made it so great <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's that it's that whole being in an environment with people with the same interests and passions. I just had a, mm. I just had such a funny thought come to my head. <laughs> I just I just because you were talking earlier about how um, kind of whales and dolphins got you through your um, kind of past, um, you know, kind of low feelings yeah. and ill health. <laughs> I just had this funny image of my in my head. Then you know, whenever years down the line, whatever, if if you were to get married or if we're, uh, Craig were to propose, I just imagine him like riding some dolphin and stuff, like pops out of the ocean with some ring and like an oyster, and then just like. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something out of Ariel. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but this time out of the Irish out of the Irish Sea, so it was a bit colder. Oh yeah, but might need a wetsuit. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, right. oh, <laughs> Just like appear on raffling with the seals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. So, um, I mean, if you, you know, if reincarnation was a, a kind of a true mm. thing, what, um, you know, what animal would you kind of come back as? This one is so hard because I've actually. Yeah. This is something that. I, me and Craig talk, have actually spoken about before. It's like one of our topics. Today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, it's between two. 
and it's sort of the same school so puffins and humpback whales both migrate from being you know in a particular sort of area to another they're, they're like you know they're travelers and I, I really like that so the humpback well there's lots of different routes around the whole world but they'll go from somewhere like Canada to Hawaii and um, that sounds pretty cool so just constantly like you know exploring that sounds amazing um and also I really love the way puffins I really love the fact that they come back to the same partner every single year um you know in the same burrow that they've built and I love that they have <laughs> I have no idea what happened then um, and I love that they have a little puffling every year because that's just adorable, isn't it? Um, and they're pretty. That's a great words. I also I also love eating. Can't get enough of dinner. Um, and puff, <laughs> and puffins can fit up to eighty four sand deals in their mouth at one go. So that sounds like me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing! <laughs> you just come back I think as it a puffin. <laughs> Oh, it might be a puffin okay what is yeah. that you, i feel like you're only going to be coming back so you can break the like the puffin world record or something yeah yeah i'll just be sat on the on the rocks just like counting yeah. <laughs> One, oh two. but oh but <laughs> me myself coming back as puffin yeah i, I could be that hundred hundred plus <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so good i like it okay cool so we've got a puffin or we've got a humpback whale amazing <laughs> So, yeah, just kind of, I guess, as a final question, um, if people want to take action kind of right now, um, you know, mm. what do you think? Yeah, and a really good question, because so much of the time, it's so easy to feel so helpless, mm. especially in a global pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're constantly watching programmes, you know, Our Planet, about how much we're messing up the earth and... You, you see these effects around you. It's just sometimes so upsetting and yeah. you almost feel like you don't know where to start. Um, so I think the best thing that you can do to make a difference is, it starts with the sort of little things, to be honest, and also mm. getting involved maybe in groups where everyone is doing the little things. Mm -hmm. So obviously at the moment we can't be doing beach cleans and things like that, but I'm part of a few few Facebook groups at least and it's like sustainability tips UK or, or things like that and you constantly see hundreds of people a day posting about little things that they might have done or here and there and just feeling part of a community definitely really helps because like you said earlier on it is so easy to feel like you know I'm little me I can't make a difference but um you know like Greta said you're never too small and you can and you know if especially collectively if you feel like you're a part of a collective, it feels amazing. But around the house, you know, there's little things, looking at the products inside of your, inside of your cleaning products, inside of your hair products, little things like that that might be going down the drain. Um, you know, the packaging, obviously sometimes it's really hard, especially because, you know, it's crazy how a non-packaged option could be more expensive than one with plastic. But I think, going to the you soon figure out the right places to go where you can come up with a cheap way of living sustainably so getting rid of as much plastic as you can um and then obviously diet has a really um really huge impacts on the world around you um i've read a lot about how it's sort of almost the biggest thing that you can sort of i mean i think oxford did a study last year 
that said that from cutting, even just cutting a little bit meat and dairy, um, even, even just UK farm, because 70% of agricultural land in the UK is, or I think even more is used to produce um, livestock products. Mm -hmm. So even cutting down on that um, and reducing emissions um, is just super helpful and it can reduce your carbon footprint just from your diet up to a third, I think they found. So um, it's really astonishing how much of a difference you can make. Um, obviously another thing, if possible, I know that you know there's all sorts of lifestyle factors that mean that this might not be, but you'd be surprised actually to find how much local produce is available, even in places like for our family that live in more sort of densely populated areas, not no country around, but you'll still get markets and um, local shops. It might be a bit tucked away with uh, organic produce without all that packaging mm -hmm. um, from a few miles out of the city and finding, you know, trying to reduce those food miles. Um, so yeah, diet, everyday products, and also feeling part of a community, constantly, constantly learning as well. Um, you feel like you have a bit of like a, almost a, a bit of a tool in your in your brain when you you're just learning more and more about the world. Because I mean, one big thing is conversation. If you ever get into a conversation with someone who doesn't necessarily agree with you, you know, try and think to yourself, I am that domino that could tip that person into thinking like me. So you know backing yourself up with those those sorts of extra ideas in which that way that other person could make a change or in which that other person's currently not doing the best thing um and then that person telling the other person you know it's it's having that little stored backup of of why as well so yeah just just and even if you have a really busy life and you can't do any of these things just one lift choosing one little thing a week give you a peace of mind I'm sure so yeah that's sort of I think the top tips I, I have for starting out with trying to live a more sustainable life especially in lockdown because it's so hard at the moment <laughs> yeah I think they're I think they're amazing tips and I think that will allow anyone um, whether they're you know on day one of their journey into living more sustainably and um, trying to understand and know and love more about the ocean or whether they're on day 150 and there's just things they didn't realize they could do that was out there so I just want to say thank you so yeah. much um it's been a really really enlightening and really entertaining uh conversation uh -huh. with you, Ruby it really has and I really wish you all the best on um your new job and hopefully come and say hey and I'll try and you know get as many people to come and say hey to you as well <laughs> lovely well thank you so much again have a lovely rest of your sunday yeah have a nice sunday evening yeah okay <laughs> thank you very much all right guys well um say hi to craig and good luck with all the packing and i hope the move goes uh, yeah. well back to dorset and then the island thank you and i'll keep you updated <laughs> wicked all right cool see you later, see you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you.